This is Mad Dog Connor wishing you all a happy St. Patrick's Day. Now go get yourself a pint and enjoy Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to a very special edition of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mojito Mike. Mike, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm definitely going to have to break out the Mojitos for our, for our WrestleMania show. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania right? show. Top seven edge matches at WrestleMania. Officially announced as of this second right now. Can't wait to do that. More importantly, though, Mike, tell the people exactly what they're in store for this week because this is a very special week. You and friend of the show, Adam, have done something amazing here. Throw the well, set first of all, this, I'm glad we're doing this intro because this might be the first show you've ever not been featured on. I think it is the first interview that I have not been a part of. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, that's right. Well, tell um, the people who we're interviewing this. I'm not week. gonna lie, man. I, I'm half in the bag right now because we've been fucking. I, I've been celebrating. I'm so happy. This month, the month of March, has been awesome for us. Uh, not only did we launch our webpage, CountingOut7.com, uh, uh, we, we've been doing these awesome WrestleMania lists that we're getting a lot of really cool feedback on. We got a huge live show coming up that we just uh, talked about at the end of the month. But also, we've been doing a lot of great interviews and one yeah. of those interviews you're going to hear right now Set us up, um, man. what are we hearing so adam a uh, good friend of the show adam colton uh, uh joined me to talk to a gentleman named mike herman and you may not know that name right now but uh wait a few years he's going to be a big name in the video game world this man is the owner and operator uh, of retrosoft studios who has created a game called retro mania which is uh, if you're as old as me and tyler you know that it is the uh official sequel to um wrestlefest which is i want to say a 1989 arcade no, game i think it's more than that. it's like 91 okay i mean i'm in the ballpark though you're in the ballpark you're yeah. old. your memory's fading on you <laughs> one of the greatest arcade games in history uh, and we talk all about the creation of this game, what motivated Mike to make this game, why WrestleFest, how he got the rights to call it the sequel to WrestleFest, how he got so many amazing names to jump onto this game. Um, by the time you're listening to this show, uh, the game is already on Steam. Uh, it'll be on Xbox 360 or 360. What's it? What's the Xbox these days? What's it called? One Xbox One is that oh, a thing? I don't know. I'm yeah. old man. PlayStation Four. Yeah, but uh, and it's on the way to 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 the Switch and the PlayStation Four. So it, this game's going to be huge. So I I don't want to waste a lot of time before we get in the interview. I, I I've had a chance to listen to the interview. It was fantastic, and I'm going to go on record to say that Mike Herman is the greatest Mike that we've had on Count Out with Mike and Tyler since we started this. Shit. <laughs> Listen, uh, stick around after the interview. Mike and I are going to tell you exactly what we have in store for next week, which, uh, happy birthday to us. It is our one-year anniversary show. Stick around after the interview. 
Mike and I are going to tell you exactly the amazing guests that we have joining us for the one-year anniversary show. In the meantime, I would like to personally throw it to this fantastic interview that Mike and Adam have done with Mike Herman, the creator and the founder of Retro, Retro, say it, Mike? Retromania. Retromania video game, the sequel to WrestleFest. Guys, sit back and enjoy. All right, guys, this is this is a big one for me. This is this is what we've been talking about for months, weeks, well, years, really, if you get down to it. We are talking to Mike Herman today. And please, Mike, ex- uh, excuse me if I get your title wrong and correct me, but you are the owner, the CEO. Oh, uh, what are you of, uh, of RetroSoft Studios? Uh, just, yeah, that's fine. The, the creator of uh, Retromania Wrestling, I'll say. There we go. And there we go. We bury the lead right away. Retrosoft Studios is, of course, the company coming out with the game. We've been talking about right here on the show for weeks now, and that is the official sequel to WrestleFest, the arcade game, and that is Retromania. I know we've all been waiting for it. Uh, we've been talking to our listeners uh, on our uh, on our chat groups and stuff like that. We have a lot of people that can't wait for this game, and uh, we can't wait to talk talk to you about it so I, i'm going to start right from the beginning there mike why wrestlefest what out of 40 years of video games to to emulate why wrestlefest yeah i mean it it's my well the, the biggest reason it's my favorite game of all time um so that that's number one you know i grew up in the kind of arcade era i guess we all are, are roughly in that era where we grew up in arcades um, and WrestleFest was always one that I was drawn to. I played it as long as it was in the arcades. It was then the first game I, I, when I was introduced to emulators, like in the late nineties, it's the first game I sought after to see if I could, there was an emulator for it and play it at home. Um, and then when I found the cheat code to play as the Legion of doom, even if it glitched out, I, I used <laughs> that. Um, so, and it was always a game when I was a kid or it was really a teenager when it came out. It was always a game I was waiting to come to the home consoles, right. and it never did. Um, and I was always disappointed by that. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I started, um, there's, a, there's a forum called the Wrestling Legends Forum. Now it's become a Discord server, uh, but it used to be a forum. And there was a WrestleFest forum on there. And I, I went on there and started posting. and I'm like, I'm going to remake this game as a hobby, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, you won't do it. And I started showing stuff, and... We started ripping sprites out of the original, and initially we were just gonna. My my goal was to take the original WrestleFest and just add a couple new characters to it. Um, it, it wasn't easy or almost impossible to. Ha- nothing's impossible, but it was very difficult if you wanted to hack it. No one had done it, so which made me think it was really difficult to do because people have hacked just about every other game you can think of. Um, like some of the no mercy hacks are amazing with the things people have done there. So, but no one did anything with WrestleFest. And then they released the abomination on the iPad called WrestleFest. Um, and then <clears throat> at that point, you know, I started working on the hobby a little bit, but eventually I came to the realization, like if I was going to actually get this done and do it right, I was going to have to do it for real and, and do it for a commercial project because it was going to be cost some money to develop. So I wanted to earn some of that back. So then, uh, you know, fast forward to 2018-ish is when we started. That's a, that's a that's long amazing. journey. Yeah. I love that. That's a fantastic. Yeah. It, it's, it's really great to hear that it's coming from a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a cash grab. It's not someone out right. here to make a buck. It's someone who really loved the game and wanted to pay homage to it. Absolutely. This is... 
like I said, I've, I can't, I don't, I've definitely put more hours into this game than any other game ever. Um, and that's, you know, that's, and I've played some games, like I've played Skyrim, and you have to put a lot of hours into that. Diablo 3 is another, I've played all the Diablos, but especially Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, I've put a ton, a ton of hours in that. But I think WrestleFest beat them all. Well, now I guess Retromania is probably number one, because I've been playing that pretty much every day for the last two years, just in <laughs> building it, so... Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a hundred percent passion project. Um, I'm, I'm, I wanted to make the game that I wanted to play for another 30 years. So somebody else remade it. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> um, speaking of it being, they, they, you have called it, you've gone right out and called it the sequel to WrestleFest. Did anybody such as Technos or even WWE give you a hard time about using that label? Well, no, we actually oh, licensed that label. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Technos of Japan is out of business. They went bankrupt. I'm not sure what year, but they went bankrupt several, several years ago. A company called Millennium or, or Million, I think it was Million, I'm sorry, Million Entertainment was a basically a licensing company which bought out other IPs and then licensed them out to other other people. So they owned the Technos of Japan library. And then, then uh, I think around four or five years ago, Arc System Works, who you may have heard of, but they make Dragon Ball Z fighters. The Guilty Gear series, the Blaze Blue series. They also, so they make a bunch of other games. Um, what was that? River City Ransom. They own that property too. Um, so, you know, they bought the whole Technos of Japan library. So I approached them, one, to get the, Matt Mania was kind of a predecessor to WrestleFest as well, right. another old wrestling arcade game. So I approached them about, one, getting the Matt Mania IP that make an appearance so far in WrestleFest. We hope to add them as playable characters down the line. But then also, from a, it was a marketing marketing play. I wanted to, I licensed the ability to call myself the official sequel to WrestleFest since right. they own the rights to the original WrestleFest. But unfortunately, they didn't own any of the character rights, which is why you're not going to see an arcade one-up or or that game kind of probably pop up anywhere else because the licensing the original game is just a nightmare. Now, I'm going to jump in here if you don't Absolutely. mind, Mike. I'm sorry. I, I did want to have a question that relates to that specifically, which is that why the name Retromania Wrestling? If this is the official sequel to WrestleFest, why not capitalize on something and call it WrestleFest 2 or WrestleFest yeah. Returns or something else with that branding? Why the decision to change the name? Because Arc System Works took way too long to sign the deal with us. So we, we approached them way early on but we couldn't get a deal done for it took like six to eight months to finally get them to sign and at that point we had i had already started the marketing of retromania we went down the the copywriting it or is it, i think it's a copyright yeah copywriting the name um you know and getting that done uh so yeah we were we were actually throwing around retro fest to tie into WrestleFest, but that was already taken um by a action figure line um so yeah i think if we would have got it early we might have kept the name and called it maybe WrestleFest 2 to capitalize on it more uh but you know i think retromania in hindsight i'm really happy with the name retromania um so uh you know but yeah i i, I hear you to capitalize on it more would have been better to use that in the name but uh un unfortunately the licensing took too long I mean, maybe it's because I've been saying the word retromania every day for the last two years. <laughs> but I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I, lo I love the name. I've always been a big fan of that name. Um, 
you, you, you so you already mentioned how you couldn't get any of the rights to, to a lot of the characters. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the current roster. How yeah. did this come about? Because you have an all-star lineup here. Like, like it's it's insane. It, how hard was it to get some of these guys, or were people just clamoring to be involved in this? No, we, we had to do a fair amount of chasing. So, you know, originally I was going to go the YouTuber route. I was Because I'm a big fan of, like, retro uh, YouTube channels, um, just talking about retro games, and, like, Game Chasers was one of my favorites, too. Um, you know, any, any kind of retro gaming stuff I was really into. And I, and I just felt that would probably be more approachable and it was, you know, it would have been easier to do, but eventually I was like, well, let me at least try to go after like real wrestling licenses. Mm -hmm. So I figured, well, let's start with the top. If I get, if I can get the road warriors, I can build the whole game around them and kind of just fill in from there since one. And I did want to tie in with the original game as well, since they were the boss of the original game. I thought that would add a lot of credibility to Retromania as well. And a good tie-in to say we're the sequel to WrestleFest if we had the Road Warriors. So I, I, got, I ha- got a hold of uh, Road Warrior Animal when he was still with us uh, before he passed away. And he was pretty pretty easy to deal with, to be honest with you. And then that just kind of opened it up. Um, the best move I did, though, from a licensing standpoint, is I went on LinkedIn and I searched for wrestling video game licensing and just thinking who would have that in their background. And I really lucked out because the uh, gentleman by the name of Mike Archer used to work for the WWE. And before that worked for acclaim entertainment and worked on the legends of wrestling games. Oh, geez. Okay. So I, he, and he was pretty local to me, you know, I, I about an hour and a half drive up to New York and I met him for uh, lunch and we talked and hit it off and he decided to come on as a consultant to the project um and he had a ton of contacts already one of which was he went to wrestling school before he went into business he did try his hand at wrestling for a year and he met tommy dreamer and you know obviously his paths have crossed with him uh in the wwe but um when he worked there but before he had already had a relationship with tommy so tommy dreamer was a phone call away Tommy, you know, now I know him a little bit. He's, you know, become a friend of mine and great guy. Again, even before I knew him, though, he was really easy to deal with and down to earth. Um, So and I I feel like that way was with a lot of the guys were just easy to deal with. But, yeah, we got Tommy Dreamer, the Blue World Order, and then even some we decided to go kind of the more uh, mixed roster and a very eclectic roster where we have guys from all eras uh, to you know, we have WWE representation, the current WWE representation, current AEW, current Impact, current Ring of Honor. You know, we have representation from all these promotions in the game right now, which is which is pretty cool. You know, right. I just want to say that Tony Khan's out here every week on AEW talking about he's the forbidden door. Let's be honest, Mike Herman's the forbidden door. <laughs> you know, Tony Khan wants to bring all these companies together, but you're the only one that's really done it. If you think about all the personalities and all the companies they represent, let's get that trending. Hashtag Mike Herman is the forbidden door. And I think that's one of the things that was most appealing to me. The more and more announcements you made about the game and the more characters that came out, it was it was more and more interesting because you know you you, you had guys like you said the old uh, the old WWF guys like the Road Warriors and Austin Idol and guys like that and all of a sudden you have what you have uh, uh, like Cardona, you said, you, you have, Brian Myers right I mean 
There you go. Are you calling him Johnny Nitro or uh, Johnny uh, Retro? Johnny like? Retro. That, that which is amazing, by the way. And <laughs> you know, it, it's so it's so very cool. And then on the other side of it, um, tomorrow, uh, as it happens to be, we have Ian Riccaboni joining us right here on this show. Please do not miss oh, that's that, guys. Awesome. And Ian Riccaboni, uh, we'll be talking about this game, man. I can't wait to talk about, about it because he also is involved in this, is he not? Yeah, yeah, the it's voice of Retro Mania Wrestling. Yeah, Ian's been awesome. Uh, how did I know Ian's a big uh, wrestling historian. So so was he? He must have been really excited to be part of this game. Yeah, I mean, he was again super easy to deal with. Um, you know, like next to no negotiation uh, required. He was on board from the beginning, and uh, he he lent his voice uh, to doing color commentary with Colt Cabana, and that really came out because I like Ring of Honor. I I liked Colt and him doing play by play for Ring of Honor, so I figured you know why not reach out? You know they were approachable. Uh, and once we had Colt on board um, as a wrestling town, I go, well, it would be cool to have Colt and Ian do commentary for us. So 100%. I reached out to Ian, and he was on board. So he And he did a great job. And then he's also, anytime you pause the game, you see Ian. So uh, he's, uh, he's the main uh, focus image on our pause screen as well. That is fantastic. Adam, do you have any questions for Mike uh, before uh, I move on? Yeah, actually, now that you brought up images, I do want to talk a little bit about the artwork in this game because it's incredibly unique in style, and I love the caricatures of these professional wrestlers. They're really fantastic. I want to ask a little bit about, you know, who you reached out to regarding this, who was kind of the mind behind some of that artwork, because I think it's really fantastic. It makes the game stand out even more against that sea of other games that are out there right now. Yeah, so that... um. Foo Essence is the studio that did the caricature artwork. So um, Fran and Miguel from Foo Essence, they are actually located in Spain. And I've known those guys for oof, probably going on 11, 12 years now at this point. So I've dabbled in game development uh, and modding and things like that for, you know, forever. Um, and I had an idea, well, a couple things. There's a there's a uh, engine... I'll call it an engine, a 2D fighting game engine called Mugen. Um, and it's basically one of these things where you can just put in any type of sprites. And people have used it to do like Ronald McDonald versus the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken and Homer Simpson versus uh, the Family Guy, um, Peter Gibbons or Peter from the Family Guy. And um, so it's kind of an engine where you plug things in. So when my kids were younger, I, uh, I, I, started on this project called pocket world and it was like marvel and dc characters but it's like uh these little small if you remember there was a pocket street fighter game it was these chibi style characters I remember that, yeah so i did a game like that with well i helped out on i shouldn't say that i don't want to take too much credit because i didn't have a ton to do with the programming side of it but i i helped pay for i commissioned some artwork uh through some just some fan art you know to do in those games and uh, these guys had helped me a little bit. And this is just free-to-play stuff. Uh, about 10 years ago, we did. But I'd come in contact, and then we were actually... To I was toying around with doing another fighting game uh, back then. And uh, Fran and Miguel did some concept artwork for me. And this is, like, back in 2012, 2013. 
And then when Retromania came, I said, hey, I need some caricature artwork done. And they just knocked it out of the park. You know, I told them the, the kind of game we were going for. And they just kind of took it from there. And that's, you know, Fran's uh, style uh, really just knocked it out. of the park. It really hit the vibe of what we were going for. And uh, also, I just wanted to quickly ask, you know, was there anybody that you had approached about being in the game that maybe you really wanted but couldn't get or were just about to go in the game, but for one reason or another, just didn't end up making the final cut? Yeah, I think, you know, there was one guy just completely outpriced himself uh, where I was like, I was pretty sure he wasn't worth what he was asking. Are you going to uh, name names? No, I'm not going to name no. names. Does, does it does it rhyme with Moldberg? No, 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 no. It, not at all. Not at all. Um, it, it was it was uh, someone who was a more person, a current person. Uh, but I'll, but but with that said, he was super professional. Um, was not you know was not a jerk about anything. So, you know, I just think you know. Maybe he'll become worth that, or maybe he maybe is worth that, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But regardless, we couldn't afford it, you know. So um, there was another legend I wanted to get who wanted more, and I thought they were worth what they were asking. We just couldn't afford it at the time. Um, but for the for the most part, you know, I, I got a feel once Mike Archer came on board of what what guys wanted and what guys expected. Um, you know, part of it is a we were we're a small indie firm, so. If if some of these legends were used to getting like you know two k money, and these bigger studio payouts and royalty payouts, you know that that wasn't us. Um, but but and a lot of guys though, like the you know like Animal understood that, um, and he was just looking to continue. He looked at it more of as a way to continue his brand and venture off another way to build his brand. And I think that's how most of the guys looked at it. Was well, it's, it's it'll pay us something, and we'll be able to build our brand a li- just. It's another avenue to build our brand, and is and as long as they had that attitude going in, um, I think we were able to work out a deal. And were, last... were you able to get? Any... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, you go ahead, Mike. Were you able to get any feedback from Animal uh, before he passed away on on the process of the game? Oh, he was loving it. You know, it's a shame because yeah. I saw him. Uh, I saw him at at uh, when WrestleMania was in New York. So what was that? 2019. Um, I saw him at uh, Wrestle uh, Wrestlecade. Okay. And I, that was the first time I met him. I, I went in up to him to give him some handouts to hand out to people at his autograph line. And he's like, oh, the game looks great. I'm getting a lot of good feedback about it. Uh, let's keep in touch and talk when you want to promote. Um, so I've tra- I traded emails. And then I saw him in November, um, this past November. Or not this past November, a year ago, a year ago November, um, but when things were still open at the, at the end of 2019, um, and you know, again, ready to promote. You know, we've had some delays on our end, but he was ready to promote, help us with whatever we needed, uh, real, real good. And then, you know, I traded emails with him about three weeks before he passed, and we were starting to plan on promotion. Um, this was back in you know August. And then, you know, he was really excited to do it. He actually, you know, he had a WrestleFest cabinet in his garage, an original WrestleFest in his garage, which I I thought was really cool. Um, So, uh, you know, I was looking forward to putting a Retromania cabinet into his garage next to it. Um, So, but yeah, he, he he was definitely a really nice guy. 
uh, to me whenever we dealt with each other, and he was super excited to promote the game. So it was a shame. Go ahead, Adam. Well, I was just going to mention that, uh, Mike, you had said earlier about, you know, you're a smaller operation. You obviously, you're not, you know, a 2K kind of uh, operation. Um, it's truly independent. And I would like to know about maybe were some of the bigger challenges and victories that you had during the making and the release of the game. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the challenges, well, and benefits and challenges, kind of double-edged sword, a lot of this stuff. So we're 100% remote, uh, and we cover almost every time zone in the world, uh, the team. So, um, you know, that's a challenge in that my lead programmer is in Vietnam, and he's, he's actually he's an American, but he, he lives in Vietnam, and uh, he, he so he's a like 12 hours is a time difference so waking up you know we either meet early or meet late uh, at night but i would say that so the time zones was always challenging but you know in this situation being virtual already was definitely a benefit uh to everything uh, i think probably the biggest challenge though was uh explaining wrestling to people on the team so outside of my qa testers who are other WrestleFest and wrestling game fans uh, most of them, not all of them, but but most of them, uh, they already knew everything. But my lead programmer, for example, I had to explain why certain things would be programmed that way. Like an Irish whip, why would he just come back into him? You know what I mean? And not not just hold on, try to hold on to the ropes each time. Uh, you yeah. know, just like I don't like I don't get that. You know, and um, so just a kind of explaining wrestling to them. So the gameplay mechanics are different than any other game. And I think initially he was treating it as more of a fighting game than a wrestling game. And they're, they're very different, very different animals. So just getting uh, all of that and, you know, getting the artists uh, all in line. Cause we had a huge number of artists cause there's just so many sprite animations in the game. Like each wrestler has like 1200 different sprites. Um, so, you know, that was challenging too, keeping all the artists in sync as well. Now, I do want to get into the uh, the actual technical end of, of the game. I'll ask some questions about the game itself. But before we get that far, I mean, this is a wrestling podcast. So let's talk about wrestling for a second. Tell me a little bit about your fandom, Mike. Where, where, where did that start? Yeah, so I started watching. I was at a sleepover at my friend's house. I want to say six or seven years old. It was before Wrest right probably the year before WrestleMania 1. Um. So, you know, that was 85. So this is like we're talking like 80 and 83, 84 ish. I slept over a friend's house and he turned it on. I'm like, what is this? He's like, this is wrestling. And we watched uh, wrestling superstars. Uh, so I'm, I'm from the northeast outside of Philadelphia. So, you know, we we're we're in Vince's backyard. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, I so the next week I, I looked for it when I wasn't at his house. I looked for it. And I found Jim Crockett Promotions in the NWA. And that was on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon where I was. And I, so I, I, and I figured that out. So I started watching that. And I talked to my – we talked. We didn't talk about wrestling for a week or two. And then we brought it up again. And he's like, oh, did you see what happened? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Magnum TA is the new NWA uh, United States champion. He's like, what are you talking about? And he, I think he said something like uh, somebody – like the Intercontinental Championship had just changed hands or something like that. And I'm like – I don't know who are you? he's like. Did you see the junkyard dog match? That was awesome too. I'm like, who's the junkyard dog? <laughs> I'm like, I saw the Rock and Roll Express, and they just beat the Russians for the for the tag titles. 
And, you know, I was kind of confused as to what was going on because he didn't know any of the guys I was talking about. And I didn't really know any of the guys he was talking about. And then we kind of figured out, you know, it was two different. We called them the leagues. Like we didn't really yeah. know the difference at that point. Uh, we thought it was like the kind of um, in the U.S. We had the NFL and the USFL was like an upstart mm-hmm. uh, league, you know. So I, we just thought it was two different leagues. And um, it turned out, you know, they're two different promotions. And I always did. I was kind of an NWA guy growing up initially. I, I liked Jim Crockett promotions. Um, you know, and then the UWF and the mid South stuff with Bill Watts and, yeah. and, uh, the, um, world-class came on at like midnight or something in our, uh, in our, um, in our market, it came out at midnight. So I watched a little bit of world-class as well. If I can sidebar here for a second and I just ask how cool is it to grow up as a Philly boy? To be working with Tommy Dreamer and House of Hardcore and as an NWA mark as a kid, you're working directly with the company now. Their top prize is featured in your game. Like, like how do you like even handle how awesome that is? Yeah, it, you know what? It's it's tough because especially, you know, I met Tommy uh back in 2019 as well, um, in like June of 2019. And he it was weird, like, because I saw, you know, I watched, I wouldn't say I grew up with him because I'm probably, he's only a little older than me, um, you know what I mean? So I think, I, I said that to Stevie, too, and Stevie's like three years older than me. He's like, what do you mean you grew up with me? I'm the same age as you are, you know? <laughs> I think it annoyed him a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, meeting these guys who, you know, you see them on TV, and if you're not, I guess they're used to it because they've been on TV, so they they're used to dealing with other TV personalities. But I never have. I've never, you know, I've never been on TV. I've never known any TV personalities well. So you definitely are in that. You know, you could. Yeah, I guess the wrestlers call us marks, right? So I, I was definitely a mark initially um, for every for everybody I'd meet. You know. Um, but, you know, I got to know them, and once you get to know them, you kind of break that barrier down. Um, and they've been really cool to get to know. And I've met, like I said, I met Tommy. Uh, and Stevie I've become friends with as well. I, you know, I text with him frequently. We talk to each other. Uh, we share a lot of the same interests. He actually worked at a video game store in the mall I used to go to when we were, like, he was probably, he was at with ECW at the time. So this is, you know, I was probably in my late teens, early twenties, and he was uh, a manager there or something. And I, I had met him there. Um, I, you know, I, he obviously didn't remember me, but um, I actually traded emails telling him about the new Fire Pro that was coming out. <laughs> so, and you're stronger than me, than, than me too. I, I'll tell you, out of all the people I have interviewed, I've been lucky enough to interview all the wrestlers. You know, I think almost every single one of them were 10 times nicer than I ever expected them to be. Tommy Dreamer is the most intimidating son of a bitch I have ever talked to in my life. And I <laughs> talked to him on the phone, not even in person. <laughs> and I was sitting there shaking. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I totally see that. because I mean, He's a big dude, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, a funny story about that. The first time I met him, you know, I, I, they were driving in uh, to Too Many Games, which is a gaming convention near me. And, um, I had brought him in to, you know, to publicize the game. And uh, 
I asked him, do you guys want anything? He's like, yeah, if you could get a sandwich, like an egg sandwich or something. And he wanted an egg white sandwich, you know, which is common. Like every convenience store has them. It wasn't like a, he was asking for anything extravagant. But apparently there was a run on sandwiches because of the convention. So all the local convenience stores were out of everything. So I have a buddy of mine going to like every store in like a five mile <laughs> radius to get him the sandwich. So it takes, it took him a while to get it. And I go, all right, here's your uh, sandwich. Sorry, it took so long, but they were all out of eggs. I'm like, do you want me us to take out the, the green M&Ms of the bag too? You know, as a joke, I said, because I think Van Halen used to make people do that or something. But, yeah, uh, you know, and I and I said, he's like, whatever. He's like kind of annoyed. I I was treating him like a diva, but he he was cool about it. And then I then one of my kids beat him at the game, uh, which I my 11 year old, which I found it kind of funny. So. So you, you mentioned you've been working on this game now since 2018. Um, and I mean, let's be honest, a lot changes in technology in a year let alone four years how do you keep abreast on the changes in, in this technology and the techniques that you're using for the game well it's good thing is we're making a game that, that looks like it was made from an art, artistic standpoint in 1991 so you know we yeah. uh, personally i like pixel art like i'm a fan of pixel art and you yeah. know there's a lot of great pixel art games being released to this day um, so I, it definitely holds up better than the early 3D stuff for sure. And don't get me wrong, I play new stuff too. Like, uh, you know, I, I played, you know, the newest Spider-Man game that came out in, what, 2019 or whatever, you know, gorgeous. And I'm looking forward to my, my son. My oldest son has a Series X. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to eventually starting to play stuff on the new gen once we get done this game and get it out. But, um from a technology standpoint, we didn't have to worry too, too much because of the type of game we were making. Um, so it's not like we needed to release on the PS5 or, or the Xbox Series X Retromania. Yeah. Uh, because of the, just because of the art style we're making. And um, so it wasn't too concerning. But I'll tell you, the fact working with Sony and Microsoft, you know, there's certain additional hoops we have to jump through to make sure we're compatible with the next gen stuff. I mean, uh, to go off what you said about the pixel art thing, number one, the popularity of the of the Fire Pro World game shows right there that you have a market. So people obviously are digging stuff like that. So right away, people are going to be digging a game like yours. Second of all, uh, just a personal thing, my the, my game of obsession right now is the Sculpt Pug versus the world game which is basically a ripoff of double dragon so <laughs> i i'm right there with you i love those pixelated games as well yeah i just i think it, it kind of like not that i'm not into the realistic stuff because i like that too of course but i do like obviously there's a nostalgia kick to it uh, first well, yeah. of all right i mean you tend to remember stuff like that that you grew up with and it has a special place in your heart but but on top of that there's just certain things you can do with pixel art that you, that that look cool that you can't really do with, uh, you know, rendered 3d, you know, ray tracing graphics. It's just, it's different, you know, and it's, it's nice to have variety. Not that I always want to play pixel art games versus all I want to play is next gen, but I think it's good to have a different variety. And I think that's what's been missing in the wrestling game genre. Specifically, we haven't had much variety over the past, you know, five, 10 years. Speaking personally, I am not a, you know, traditional gamer. 
and a big reason is that I have not found a lot of games that appeal to my sense and sensibility because I'm the kind of guy that grew up in an arcade playing WrestleFest, playing your Saturday Night Slam Masters, playing these old 16-bit graphic games. So a lot of times whenever I, a new wrestling game comes out, I'm mostly buying it for simulations or for, you know, promotion, a promoter simulator kind of stuff. Mm. Retro Mania Wrestling is the first game to come out in a long time for someone like me. That's like, I just want to pick up this game. I want to play it. I want to actually get involved in the action with it. And I want to enjoy myself and have a fun time. So I want to thank you personally for putting out a game for somebody like me, which kind of leads into my next question, which was that when it came to developing this game and when it came to marketing this game was there you know a little bit of you know were you nervous at all about this idea of like is there a market for something so kind of specific like wrestling itself is kind of a niche and then to niche that niche a lot of people would say that's an incredible risk like was this something that you always kind of believed in a hundred percent that yes this is definitely out there was there a lot of nerves involved with it like kind of walk us through that mental process yeah, I mean, there are definitely nerves involved. you got to think there, a game wasn't remade in 31 years or 30 years. There may be a reason for that. Uh, when you look at the wrestling landscape, there's a reason a, not a ton of new wrestling games are coming out, you know, you would think. So, yeah, there was absolutely, you know, nervousness in there. And I, I went in thinking, you know, hopefully I make my money back. Um, and, and But really, the, the whole thing wasn't about money i mean obviously i'd like to make some money off it don't get me wrong but that wasn't the number one driver for me with the game um it was to make a fun wrestling game but i've been pleasantly surprised with the amount of people that have uh gravitated towards the project uh to the point where i'm getting angry social media posts because it's not out any out yet right so i guess angry ones are better than none at least people are are looking forward to and really want to play the game on console. And I think it it hurt us that we're doing well on Steam and we're getting very good reviews on the Steam user boards uh, because then it just pisses the console people. I think we um we posted a video on YouTube like a week ago of just quotes to one of our music tracks of what people are saying on on the Steam reviews, and it's our worst rated video that we've posted like every video we have is like 95 to 97 percent like ratio you know everyone we've posted ever um you know but definitely maybe not that quite that i'm exaggerating a little bit but definitely in the like 90 above 94 i would say every video we've ever posted is at except this one is like an 88 or 89 percent positive and when you look at the comments like well where's the console version you know and it's just people annoyed that the console version is down and trust me i'm annoyed as well um, but it's great to have, to, to answer your question though, it's, I was definitely nervous about that. Uh, but I've been, you know, definitely reassured, you know, we're, we're approaching 85,000 followers on our social media across all of our platforms. Um, and then just the reception we got when we were at too many games demoing it. And then when we were at PAX East last year, around this time, the, the demos really went over really well. And then when we released it on steam two weeks ago, you know, it went over great. You know, we had a little hiccup with the difficulty uh, meter set a little too hard because I think our testers got too good at the game. Uh, so, so we did a quick patch that made it into the release for the consoles, uh, luckily. So we did a quick patch on Steam, though, to kind of scroll back the default difficulty. But you can still ramp it up if you want to be challenged. 
Well, you mentioned your testers. That does bring me to my next question, actually. Um, how, how exactly did you develop effective test specifications for the quality assurance of the game? So, you know, I've, I've uh, been working in software engineering. I have a master's in software engineering. Uh, I've been working in finance and accounting software for 20 years now, over 20 years. So, you know, I have a background in it, um, you know, and my, my primary, three primary testers were all uh, guys who volunteered to help out. Uh, one of them came on and, and gets paid a little bit, but um, they all just were expert and very meticulous at at the game at game testing so we we went in and we just basically tested every single part of the game uh through the menus every move every player one guy in particular named chris just like he was one of the ones who came on late uh when i asked for some additional beta testers and i and i was just looking for people to get some initial feedback from maybe they'd log a few bugs if they noticed anything big he just he must have played the game 100 plus hours and logged a ton of bugs um, and really just knocked it out of the park. So um, going to the community was a was a huge help. And then we did have some internal people uh, that we paid to do some testing as well that followed your more traditional test scripts. Uh, you know, launch the game. You know, play as X, Y, Z characters. Play in X, Y, and Z game modes. Um, you know. The other thing we did build in, and this was a, actually a fan request. I was never a big sim guy where I'd put let the AI fight each other. But we had a request for that early on. And I'm like, well, and I talked to my lead programmer. He's like, well, that's pretty easy to do. We're already developing the AI for the computer. We can easily do that. And it turned out to be a great way to test the game because I had myself, I had four machines running at once. And I would just keep starting matches over and over and over again just to get. So in one day I could get you know, 60 or, you know, like uh, 48 hours of testing in, in one day, just by running it on all these machines simultaneously. So I think that really helped. And it showed in our Steam launch because we had very few, not, we weren't perfect by any means, but we had very few bugs uh, crop up in our Steam launch. Nothing that seemed to be overwhelmingly causing any, uh, any negative experience for the gamers. Uh, we had a couple uh, and we're still working on that list and trying to resolve them all. But like I said, nothing that's really a detriment to the player base. Right on. So you already uh, announced uh, a couple uh, DLCs for the game. Uh, re remind me, I know you have uh, Curtis Hughes, you have uh, James Storm. There's one I'm missing. DLCB, downloadable Chris Bay. So Chris. <laughs> there you go. Chris so, uh, Bay. Um, yeah. It's those are exciting. I know this is a long shot, but can you give, give us any hints on any uh, any anyone you're talking to for the future? We have we have yeah. a ton of ideas, um, and yeah. we do not lack fan suggestions on that front either. So I'm I'm pretty sure anyone who's made a TV appearance has been requested in the last like thirty All years. All right, I have to ask how. How many CM Punk requests have you gotten so far? No, we've definitely got it, but it's not—it's <laughs> not as many as you think. Like, really? No, I, I mean, I think we've definitely gotten it, but um, yeah. I think it's more probably more legends. Okay. Uh, than okay. There's else. your there's your Moldberg there, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Speaking as a fan myself, if I'm gonna get to throw my vote in the ring, what I would love to see is a retro mania indie mania edition where you bring back all those guys that were in the tournament that you held 
and you put them in their yeah. own edition of the game because I need me some RJ City in a video yeah. game form. <laughs> that is beautiful. You know, that was such a fun thing to do. Um, I, I will take credit for the idea, the initial idea, but my, uh, awesome. my marketing guy, uh, Mike T., he ran the whole thing. Like he, he solicited the feedback from the fans. Like that was another guy that, you know, I met on LinkedIn um, and a quick story about him. We were set to have a phone call, kind of an interview on a Friday night. And he called or sent me a message. He's like, Hey, can we move this to Monday? I'm like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? I just thought, you know, he's, he's going to not be uh, reliable. He's like, well, I've just bought a, a, a WWF Superstars arcade cabinet. And if I don't get it out of my living room, my wife is just going to kill me. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, we can move it. And you're hired. You know, I knew right away that he was the guy for me. And, and Mike had a social media background, marketing background, and is really in tune with uh, wrestling. Like, he's a huge old school fan he's a huge indie fan he has like one of the coolest pieces of memorabilia i've ever seen he has a wrestlemania 3 poster that's signed by almost everybody that attended the event wow i think a couple guys died before he could get it uh but it's it's really cool um but he is just he really he took the indie mania idea he's like oh that's a great idea let's do this so he i just had the initial kind of seed and he ran with the whole thing, did all the details. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I, don't, I didn't follow a ton of indie wrestling. I knew some stuff, but not a ton of it. And I, I did not even know who Warhorse was before we did the tournament. And I became a fan of him and Chris. On top of that, we went after him after he didn't win Indie Mania. He was in the Final Four. Um, but I, I, I was so impressed with his work. Um, I'm a big, you know, I've I, I started to talk a little bit like these wrestlers from talking about them so much, but I'm a, I'm a big mark for his move set, uh, Chris's move set. So, and that's what we're doing right now is we're, we're programming his animations and struggling a little bit of how to do some of his moves, how to, how to keep them off. Cause they're pretty elaborate. Um, but it's fun. It's been a lot of fun, but yeah, Indie Mania was awesome. As a huge uh, GCW and uh, Black Label Pro fan, when you you brought in Warhorse, that was the that, that just tickled me pink because it, it, that 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 right there showed how in tune with your market you really are. That like, like this game is going to be for the wrestling fans, wrestling fan, the guys who know who Warhorse is. It's the guy who knows who Chris Bay is. Um, and, of course, you have your Road Warriors for the other guys, and that, that's awesome. But it's going to be for those hardcore marks, for like Adam and I. And you, I think, through this whole process have really shown that. Um, and you've been very trans transparent with that as well with with your with your vlogs, with uh, going on, being very honest on uh, your social media uh, um, posts with how the game's coming along, which I think is kind of lacking with the bigger promotions. You, you don't see somebody from Microsoft jump down going, yeah, I know you wanted this game uh, a year ago, but uh, this is why. You're not, but you've been very in touch with your fan base. Is, there, is that just who you are, or is that something you said from the beginning, this is what I want to do? Where did that come from? No, I mean, I think of, I think it's just who I am. I'm pretty upfront and honest about things. And, um, you know, part of it was, I think, a necessity from a marketing standpoint, too, though, because we made some slip-ups early. I, I completely underestimated 
the time frame. And then, and I'm not going to use uh, Corona as an excuse because I, that definitely hit us, but the majority of it was just due to planning on my part. Um, development took longer. Artwork took longer. Licensing took longer, and now we're in the we're in the we're almost across the finish line, and certification is taking longer uh, than I thought it was going to take. You know, and uh, I think you know game two will go a lot smoother. Um, hopefully, we get there. But um, you know, I, I think just I felt going through that process. I'm gonna, like, there's two ways I can handle it. When we first came, because initially we wanted to launch first quarter last year, like we right. were targeting 2020 was the first. This is back in 2018. And it's really hard to hit a date two years out to begin with. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, I had never made a video game before. You know, everyone on my team has. But, you know, I think, you know, this was a lot of theirs. This is probably the biggest project they'd worked on. And um, so there was definitely a learning curve involved. And I just figured, you know, I said, how about I, t- I was talking to Mike again, my social media guy. I go, how about we want to grow our YouTube channel and get, reach an audience there. How about I start doing developers vlogs? And when I did it, I'm, I'm not a big on editing. Um, I don't spend a ton of time editing those videos and, and it shows. Uh, but I just wanted to give, you know, people who were, we, we seem to be developing a fan base and I wanted to give those fans an insight into, you know, what I was struggling with. Here's how we're making this game. Uh, here's the delays we're coming up with. Here's how I screwed up. Um, you know, and I figure you, you see so much, especially in politics, people get caught or people get called out for stuff that they tried to hide. And I, I really didn't want to deal with that. Uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to something to bite me in the ass later down the road. And I'm not that type of person to begin with. So, you know, it was it was kind of second nature for me to just be open and, and honest with people and say, hey, look, yeah, you're right. I did say this date, and I didn't account for X, Y, and Z. That's why we missed that date. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to not hit dates. You know what I mean? And I think for the yeah. most part, 95% of people love it. Uh, but you still get, you know, it is social media. So you get, oh, you said it was coming out on the 12th. Well, or you said it was coming out yeah. on the 26th. You know, and we hit Steam on the 26th. When we announced the 26th, we hit the 26th for Steam. But the certification process has been, uh, and nothing against Nintendo. It's nothing Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft are doing. They're following their normal business practice. Uh, it's just that you know we submit it, they find something wrong with it, we have to fix it. And from talking to other developers, it's just like until you go through it, you don't know. Right. Uh, there's no like documentation saying this is how long certification takes. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were perfect, we'd be done by now. If we would have gone through it perfectly. We weren't, <laughs> you know, we weren't perfect. Yeah. Um, but with that said, again, I'd mentioned this earlier and to, to add on top of that, when we did launch steam on time and it did well and it's reviewed well and people want it more on the console than they did before seeing all the people playing on steam. Mm-hmm. And now we really get the, the angry trolls are coming out and saying, give us the game, give us the game. Yeah. So, um, but again, I try to look at it as, well, at least someone's asking for it. You know what well, I mean? It's like it would suck yeah. if no one cared. And that was the, <laughs> that was going to be my next question because I mean, up to about a year ago, I was I was seeing people come out going, you know, you 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 would put out an update for the game and they say, yeah, 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 yeah. I bet this game's never coming out. And I'm not even in your chair, and it was frustrating to me stuff uh, because I'm, I'm such a supporter of the game. So I couldn't imagine how you would feel, but. 
what is greater, the, the, the frustration of people being jerks or the feeling, well, at least he gives a shit. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, you, I'm only yeah. human, right? You don't, no one exactly. wants to hear negative criticism. And, and you know, not. there's there's certain types of people that we've heard stuff from uh, that offer good constructive criticism. So, which is, mm -hmm. mo and everyone, if you're taking the time to comment, you obviously like the concept. At a minimum, you like the concept, right? Or you wouldn't even be watching or you wouldn't be taking the time to comment at it. But, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's tough. You question some people that are really, you know, negative and hurtful on, on their comments. And it sucks. That's like, and that's the stuff, you're fo that's the stuff you focus no. on, you know? <laughs> I've never heard of a negative wrestling fan. And that, that, that's, that's very odd. <laughs> uh adam before we start wrapping up what do you have my friend uh first of all i just uh, want to say that the strategy that you've employed with those developer blogs have been really um a positive thing because it's given guys like me a chance to follow along with you and i'll tell you something that has made the journey itself getting to the game all the better because now in a small way i feel like i was a part of this journey even if I've just been watching from the sidelines. So I, I love that you did that. I hope you'll continue that when you get to part two. And by the way, you mentioning a second game make my heart beat a little bit faster there. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. So let me kind of piggyback off of that and ask, you know, if you have plans for a, a second game, which it sounds like you do, what are some things just off the top of your head? Let's Let's clarify. Mike's not promising these things. These are just <laughs> me asking him. What are some of the things you would like to do to kind of challenge yourself and progress and evolve the game for, for the second round? Oh, I mean, you know, my, my wish list was high for this one. And, uh, you know, eventually we had to scale back a little bit because you have big, you know, your eyes are bigger than your stomach kind of thing when you, you start out on anything. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do absolutely everything in the right out of the gate. And I quickly realized that just wasn't going to happen. So, you know, there's some stuff, you know, it's hard to say that what we want to do in a, a game two versus what I just want to add to this game, because we're in the day and age where we can do updates. We can do DLC. Um, you know, I, like I said before, this isn't a a um, money isn't the driving force behind this game. It really is my passion for the game itself and making a game I want to play. So, um, you know, there's things that I hope to maybe even squeeze into this game. Uh, women's wrestlers, you know, was a big omission just from a budgetary standpoint where we didn't have enough money to do both women models and male models up front because our art pipeline, it was the biggest, uh, the biggest budgetary line of our, of our game with all the art assets we did, you know, um, you know, more of everything, more wrestlers, more moves, uh, more venues, you know, a deeper story mode. I think this, I think if, especially what you guys were just to piggyback on what you guys were saying before for those wrestling fans out there, there's a lot of, when you play through story mode and you read the dialogue, there's a lot of nods to the wrestling world. That's awesome. Uh, so you can see, and if you want spoilers, there's some people who've already uh, streamed the story mode out there and they got, they got big kicks out of it. Um, going through and hearing some of the stuff, but uh, you know, just pretty much more of everything, you know, there's, we, we were you can see we were definitely inspired by a bunch of different wrestling games when we made this but there's still some other cool stuff that other games have done that we would like to emulate and put our spin on as well so really anything you've ever seen and some things you've never seen we would like to add so that's kind of my uh my catch-all did you and, ever consider oh, 
you ever Sorry. consider doing a career? Did you ever consider doing a creator wrestler? Or uh, what would be the difficulty in that? Yeah, I mean, we did. The the, the big issue there is really cost. Um, right. Because if I want to be able to make the rock, I better make sure I have the people's elbow, the rock bottom, his signature taunts. You know, you got to have all the moves for the rock. Well, if you want to make uh, Goldberg, you got to have all his stuff and Hogan. Mm -hmm. And so the animation number of animations required to do that just astronomically climbs. And then so does the cost associated with it. So um, the other thing is, you know, we, we kind of wanted to stay away from it just from, we're already going to be compared to fire pro cause we're a 2d game. Of course. And we knew out of the bat, we weren't going to be able to compete with their create a, create a suite. Right. right? So why I didn't want to do it out of the gate. I wanted to be known for something else and where I think we're, and I don't want to say better or worse, but I say where we're different from fire pro is our gameplay. Our gameplay is quicker. We're not a simulation. We do have some timing based stuff, uh, in the grappling, uh, which, which I liked, but it's, uh, it's not as, uh, it, there is a button mashing as well to this game. And it's definitely more a pick-up-and-play, faster-paced wrestling game. And a more arcade wrestling game than Fire Pro is. And, and that's not to say that's better or worse than Fire Pro, because you're speaking to somebody who's put a ton of hours in Fire Pro, too. So I was huge on six-man scramble on the Saturn. I had a six-player tap that I played with my friends. I downloaded things off the internet and printed them out to make all my creator wrestlers. I, you know, I got somebody to mod my Sega Saturn. Um, so you know, I, I don't want to disparage that product, because I'm a big fan of it as well uh but i think we're definitely a different experience than that you you definitely sound like another philadelphia boy when you say that if you can't compete with it with the other with another company don't try just be better uh, i think i've heard someone else say that from philadelphia <laughs> and i'm just going to pick up from that and say you know you talked about wanting this to be an arcade game and wanting this to be a lot of fun this is a game that is meant to be played in the arcades in a cabinet, which leads me to the big question I had here because I've been staring at that beautiful <laughs> cabinet behind you this entire time here, which is tell me about hooking up with II Arcade. How did that come about? And most importantly, can you pull some strings and get them to ship me one of those cabinets <laughs> across the border? I will pay the money. We just can't get them in Canada yet. So if you could pull some strings for the uh, for me, Mike, I would really, really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, John, the CEO there, approached uh, Mike Archer, who's on our licensing and business development team, and said they wanted to bring Retromania to their platform. So for those of you listening don't know what iArcade is, it is a connected arcade machine. So they have their own uh, ecosystem or storefront, like an app store, uh, and they're licensing uh, various classic arcade games and uh, they're going after newer licenses as well. One of the new ones they have is Dead Cells, a more recent game uh, that'll be available on it as well at some point. But they have Dragon's Lair, Double Dragon, and Retromania will be on it as well. So as part of the deal, you know, I kind of jokingly said to John, yeah, we'll put Retromania on your platform, um, but you got to give us some, some advertising on the side of one of those uh, arcade machines. And he's like, all right, we'll make a Retromania-themed one. <laughs> I thought he was kind of joking. And uh, he was serious. So they, they made a Retromania, and that's a prototype uh, that I have behind me. Um, so we're, we're, working on, um, we're working on the IR Arcade version of Retromania, 
now. Uh, we already have it running on there. We have some optimization to do. Uh, since it's a different aspect ratio as well, we have to make some changes to some of the artwork. Uh, but it's a really cool machine. Uh, that company is great. Uh, they kind of have the same approach that so was a really good fit for us. Jong is super transparent. He does, I think he does two videos a week to keep everybody abreast of what's going on with uh, their production. They recently launched, fulfilled all of their Kickstarter uh, promises, shipped all of their Kickstarter units, and are in the process of, of really doing great things over there. So it just was a good fit for us. I just have one last kind of lightning round of questioning for you here, Mike. Real quick, I want to know who is your favorite wrestler, arena, and animation in the game? <laughs> so my my favorite wrestler is Jeff Cobb. I knew uh, you were going to say that. <laughs> so I've watched those videos. Yeah. <laughs> so I love specifically the Tour of the Islands move um, yeah. that we put in game. And I was really annoyed to our animator because I was very picky about how I wanted that animation to look. Um, I, in the original WrestleFest, there's a power slam and it was a bunch of wrestlers did it, but it was totally modeled after Ted DiBiase's power slam because he did one of the most beautiful power slams ever. Uh, it was just so technically perfect and they gave it to a bunch of characters and I, doing that move was very fulfilling to me playing the original game. Every time I did it, I just could do it over and over. And that's how the tour of the islands move is to me in Retromania. I just love doing the tour of the islands and then having Ian, like this is my favorite line of Ian uh, saying, hello, means goodbye. Jeff Cobb with tour of the islands. He says it in the game and it is like my favorite. I get goosebumps just telling you guys this because it's, <laughs> it's really like I sat down finally this actually this weekend to finally, you know, we're waiting on the consoles. Um, my programmers had the weekend off to, to recharge their batteries because uh, we have some IR arcade work to do this week and we're waiting on all the consoles to get back to us. But I sat down and just to play Retromania for the first time in weeks just for fun. And I immediately played 10 pounds of gold mode with Jeff Cobb. And just hearing Ian's voice saying, you know, hello means goodbye. Cause I know I've heard him say it on ring of honor television. And I just, I love that. So that's my favorite animation. And that's my favorite wrestler. The favorite, my favorite arena is the too many games arena. Um, you know, hell is a close second, uh, that war horse designed. Love that. Um, but too many games just has a lot of my favorite YouTubers scattered throughout, uh, you know, I've, I, I, you know, the game chasers, I'm a big fan of, uh, if you haven't heard of them, but they're like the, uh, American pickers or, you know, the, the guys who go around into looking for, um, antiques and buying stuff. Well, they do it with video games. I don't even think they were the first ones to do it with video games, but they're the ones I watched. I watched a lot of those episodes with my oldest son before. Um, and I'm just a big fan of theirs. Um, so, you know, they're in that scene. Uh, Jane Silent Bob, Bob make an appearance in the scene. Yeah. Uh, so we know uh, Justin um, over uh, uh, at uh, the, the studio that made Jane Silent Bob uh, Mall Brawl. So I've become, uh, they, they publish some stuff through Limited Games. So Doug from Limited Games uh, uh, put us in contact. And I said, it would be cool if I could kind of have you guys at a booth because you do make video games and it's a video game um, arena or a video game convention arena it would be cool and you guys would fit in. He, and he was totally down for it. Um, you know, and you know, uh, the Pat and Ian on the CU podcast that I've been listening to for years. Um, 
Grand Pooh Bear is a streamer who I've just recently, Mike, our, uh, our marketing guy, has been a big fan of his forever. He turned me on to him. RGT85, of course, is a big wrestling fan. I've been watching him for years as well. Um, so he, he was gracious enough to, to announce our, us coming to the Nintendo switch and he's got a pretty big channel. And it was, I was even intimidated by him a little bit. Not that I needed to be, cause he's a super cool guy, but, uh, he, he gave us instant visibility by agreeing to do a video with Stevie Richards and announcing the game. So, and there's a bunch of guys scattered throughout the whole background. So, uh, it was just a pretty cool looking arena. The ring will change on some of the logos. Um, so that's my favorite arena. I'm telling you now, my new life ambition is for game two to get the counted out team animated to that game. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, we can do, you know, it's funny. We've been asked to do like Portland, Portland retro gaming. Uh, so maybe we could find a spot in there when we do it because we definitely got great reaction from the people we included um, yeah. in the too many games arena. Um and we got a couple late editions, like the Retro Buzz that I've been watching for a while, and uh, a couple other uh, shows uh, that we've been doing. P Dubs Arcade Loft, and um, some some YouTubers that I've more recently started watching um, that we were able to add to the game at the last minute. Um, so, but yeah, hey, I wouldn't rule it out. Wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> well, you let us know what we got to do, and we'll do it. Uh... I, I mean, I, even if we have to talk to, uh, I, I mean, you've already worked with a friend of our show. He just had Nikita Kolop on the show a couple of weeks ago. So, He's so if great, I got to get Nikita to, 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 to agree to do it for me, <laughs> Nikita he was, he was is one a of our really, really nice guy. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, at the same show I, I saw Animal in Philadelphia uh, in November of uh, nineteen. 2019 and that was the first time i met him i was super intimidated by him because you know i was only a kid when he was wrestling and he i he i my vivid memory of him is clotheslining david crockett in an interview segment yeah and and his eyes were so terrifying to me as a kid um and i met him though i'll tell you like couldn't have been a nicer person um and you know really you know Regardless of what religion you are, he is doing great work uh, just for charity and charitable causes um, now. So uh, definitely, you know, a great person doing a lot of great work. Very easy to deal with, again, just a top-notch individual. So on, on behalf of myself, Tyler, and Adam, we really, really, really want to thank you for, for being here, Mike. Because I know how busy you are, I know how much work you're doing. I, got, I I'm surprised if you were getting any sleep right now, with all the work you're getting in this game. So thank you so much for taking time out to do this. Um, we are go going to put all your links into our into the bio of the show. But uh, just for the people who uh, need to hear with their ears, why don't you uh, throw out some of your social media plugs? Yeah, we're at uh, RetromaniaWrestling.com. Uh, we're available now on Steam. Uh, so Retromania Wrestling, you can just search Retro in Steam, and I think we come up first or second. Um, or you shoot up, uh, search Wrestling, and then we're one of the top of the list, too. So Retromania Wrestling on Steam, we're available now. We'll be everywhere on console, depending on when this drops, uh, maybe already or within the next week or two, we're hoping we get, we get through all the certification process. Are you just doing a digital release, or is there going to eventually be a physical release 
Yeah, yeah. So we have a we already have a deal with limited run games. So they're going to be doing the physical release. Uh, we don't have a date set for that yet. Uh, they yeah. like to get as much content into that before they do the physical. And I know we're going to have at least some DLC um, coming down the pipeline shortly. So uh, we'll, we'll have it. I'm sure once we decide, we're we're meeting with them once we get through the console launch uh, to to work on a date for that. Well, you keep us updated with any marketing or touring you're doing for this game, Mike, and we're going to make sure our listeners hear it. We're we're 100% behind this game. Um, I haven't been this excited for any video game in a long, long time. So we're uh, we're supporting this game big time. I, I definitely appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys having me. And thank you for being here, man. Uh, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna count ourselves out here, guys, and uh, stay tuned for the end of the show. Uh, uh, all you listeners and uh, again thank you Mike and thank you for joining me today Adam hey man it was my pleasure uh, Mike I'll be uh, look checking my mailbox yeah. for that arcade machine okay <laughs> will do will do <laughs> how fun was that man that was such a treat for me and Adam uh, unfortunately you couldn't be there but but I, I gotta tell you man Mike was such a cool guy to talk to yeah you know what you know i hate giving you credit mike but you and adam really did a hell of a job that was a, such a fascinating interview taking us inside a world that i'm not too familiar with but a video game that i'm very excited for big thanks again to mike and you know while i'm saying the word mike i'm going to talk to you mike next year i said at the beginning of the show happy birthday to us it is the one year anniversary of countdown with mike and tyler next to your wife i am probably your longest person that has been in your life for a year <laughs> that can tolerate you for a year and vice versa for me and thank you to everybody who's listening to us for the last year mike tell us exactly the very special guest that we have in store for you guys next week first of all you're the only one that tolerates me this long that isn't linked to me with a child That's so uh, my, my wife has to stay you don't have to they, they, fuck i don't know but we do have a baby man we have this show this, this is, is my baby, baby. We, have, we have a one-year-old baby named counting out and i love it almost as much as i love my real baby don't tell my wife that um <laughs> and and we are going to celebrate its birthday in the best possible way because we share our birthday don't we that is correct. Uh, have you guys ever heard of a certain promotion called Ring of Honor? Oh, Ring of I, Honor is turning drinking age here. They are Canada. turning 19 years of age, uh, their 19th anniversary show. And I Mike. Are allowed to fuck Ring of Honor? Yeah, well, we could have done that a couple years ago in Canada wow. with consent, but uh, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I'm not Jerry that's, Lawler that's, here. Come on. That's a whole, yeah, we're not Jerry Lawler here. Either way. Um, yeah, so with Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary and with our first birthday, Mike, who is the most fitting guest that we could think to bring on? The best possible person that could come on is the man we got. He is the voice of Ring of Honor. Of course, we got Ian Riccoboni. And it's so fitting because uh, today's show was about um, Retro Fest or Retro Mania, sorry. Uh, Riccoboni did commentate. Comment Fuck me. Easy for me to say. Rick Abani did commentary on Retromania, which uh, we talk about, of course, in that interview. And now he's coming on next week, and we might talk about it a little bit more. Um, Ian gave us a hell of an interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, we're not going to spoil anything at all about it, but 
Tyler, how excited are you for people to hear this interview? I'll tell you what, Ian Ian gave us some great insight. He took us inside the Ring of Honor bubble. He's going to talk to us about the 19th anniversary show, his own professional match, Retromania, all that stuff. You're, you're going to hear it all next week. I don't think there's anything left to say. Mike, why don't you Man, take us home? There, there's not a whole lot left to say. So on behalf of our first birthday coming up so soon, you guys better be there. We've been counted out. Cheers.